RX. I'm Kurt Anderson, and this is the Studio 360 Podcast. John Leguizamo has a long and successful career in film and television. Very early on in his career, in his 20s, he had recurring roles on Miami Vice and ER, and he worked with film directors like Brian De Palma and Spike Lee and Baz Luhrmann. And for years, he's been a regular character voice in the endless animated franchise Ice Age, playing cute little Sid the Sloth. They left without me. They do this every year. Why? Doesn't anyone love me? Isn't there anyone who cares about Sid the Sloth? But alongside this TV and movie career, Leguizamo has also built this singularly successful theater career based on a form that he helped pioneer, the funny autobiographical one-man play. Starting in 1991 with Mambo Mouth, which was a collection of vignettes each around a different Latin character, all of them played by Leguizamo, including this one, a witty trans prostitute called Manny the Fanny. But until I, they don't live on dreams, because there are no Prince Charmings coming to save you, just a lot of frogs. So you know what you do? You know what you do? You take your frog by his little green dick and you make him do what you want to do. Because you are a Latina of the 90s, gay with the program, mija. <laughs> because if it wasn't for a Spanish woman, Columbus would have never discovered America. Next came the play Spicorama, then Freak, and Sexaholics, and Ghetto Clown. All of them written and performed by Leguizamo, by himself on stage all digging into Leguizamo's own life as the son of Colombian immigrants, and three of the shows performed on Broadway. The latest John Leguizamo Broadway show is called Latin History for Morons. It won a Tony Award last year, and it sticks to his form. But this time, it's more explicitly educational. He's out there dressed in his professorial best, a vest and a tie and a jacket, and he spends his 90 minutes on stage teaching us, the audience. So people, tonight's lesson is Latin history for fucking morons. (laughs) And that's you. (laughs) I'm sorry, but it's true, okay? (laughs) So tonight I'm only gonna be talking about our founding forefathers and our empires, the kind of shit that they keep out of our history textbooks. So pay attention, because you're gonna be quizzed. All right? All right. Like all of Leguizamo's plays, Latin history is funny and jam-packed with impersonations, but he's not kidding about the history teaching part. He writes on a chalkboard, he asks questions of the audience, he whips out books and talks about them. He even created a reading list that he gives out. And I wanted to make it as fun as possible to get kids to read, you know, kids to want to find out and parents to be motivated to to look at these syllabuses that I posted. But as I said, like all of his plays, this one sprang directly from an incident in his own life. Well, the genesis of the piece was my son was being bullied and, and racially profiled in New York City, believe it or not. And he was in eighth grade. 
Because this was a fancy private school that he was bullied? Is that why? I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, I guess that must have been the reason. I mean, uh, it, it was just bizarre to me. Um, I mean, I, I was bullied, but I, I understood why, you know. It was just, it, it was a different time, and and, and neighborhoods were changing, uh, being ungentrified, uh-huh. <laughs> reverse gentrified. So uh, I, people were hostile towards me. But I just didn't understand how that, that could happen to my kid. But anyway, I, I wanted to... Instead of beating, I want him to beat up the kid. I'm not going to lie. That was my initial impulse. But then I, I wanted to be better than that. That doesn't necessarily lead to writing a play. No, about, no but I wanted to. I wanted him American to defend history. himself. I yeah. wanted to weaponize his information. Instead of fighting them, I said, "Arm yourself. Have facts." You know. So I started uh, doing all this research, and what ended up happening was that I was the one that was being unmoronized, destupefied, on on on. Dumbificated, and uh, and that that was what was incredible was that I, I I started to realize how much Latin people had contributed to the world and to the making of America. This is going to blow your mind because you know what? It blew my mind when I found out that we Latin people had helped out in the American Revolution. Ten thousand unknown Latino patriots fought out of a total of eighty thousand American troops. That's one out of eight. And some of us were generals. And, and women, Cuban women in Virginia sold their jewelry, their hoop earrings and their door knockers <laughs> to feed the patriots. You've had these previous shows, Freak and all the others, that have been commercially successful, critically successful. This one, this one, among other things, is your first Tony Award. Yeah. But it, it seems, does it seem to you as though it's touched even more people in some way? We're in a dark time. It's a dark times. We Latin people are being attacked in, on so many levels by this administration that uh, it's like an unguent, unguent, you know, some some kind of salve that that can help Latin people feel stronger, empowered, politicized, galvanized. So you spent a few years working on this. Uh, talk to me <laughs> how that went. Was it research and writing and back and forth? And then, oh yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah, really, absolutely. yeah, yeah. I mean. I, I, I had too much history at first, and people were just turned off. And you're like, oh. and then, and then they, they was, then I wasn't as happy because they wasn't had enough history. So it was, it was a balance between a fight between the audience and myself. How much could they tolerate, and how much could I give up? <laughs> so you were doing versions along the way, workshopping for audiences. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, it, my process is always in front of a lot of yeah. audience. And, and as you take it around. And time will pass, and news of relevant news events yeah. will occur. Will you tweak those and incorporate like things that happen into the show? Little, little bit, little bit. I mean, my piece is is is. It, I want it to be more universal than topical, but I will. I, I don't. I, I'm not afraid of including. Like I, now, I, I added AOC to my piece, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, because I just I, I just saw her documentary and I was so moved by it. That I wanted to include her name in it, so you know, little Didn't things you grow like up that. in her district, maybe. You're yeah, close, I grew right? up in Jackson Heights, Queens. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. My mom stomped for her. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, your shows are are all jam packed to various degrees with with a million characters. Were you as a kid good at like just impersonating the kid there or your mom <laughs> or whomever? Yeah, yeah. I was I was always doing voices and and accents and characters. I mean, that's how I got people to laugh. That's how I got girls to like me and. And kept my father from beating me and gangs from, you know, pummeling me. You know, yeah, it was it was it was a self-defense mechanism. And 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 it brought me amounts of power.
We'll have lots more of my interview in a minute. But first, I want to remind you to follow us on Twitter. We are at Studio360Show. And now, back to the interview. So you've got a lot of characters in, in Latin history for morons, uh, including from your family, your wife, your daughter, especially your son. Your deaf gay uncle, Sani, makes an appearance. Your therapist is there. And then you have this collection of, of historical figures, like King Philip of Spain, right, from the 1500s. You bring me 500 of these savages, and I'm going to put them in my royal zoo. And you will see that they're soulless animals. Who would have thought that colonization could be so much fun? Oh, robbing, raping, pillaging, robbing, raping, raping, pillaging, robbing. You've got the king of the Aztecs, Moctezuma. So Moctezuma goes up to Cortez and says, Your Lord, you have finally come to your city, Mexico. Here, sit on thy throne, O Quetzalcoatl. You've got... Sigmund Freud. Yeah, yeah. People are naturally jealous even of their brother or their best friend because people have to feel superior. And Andrew Jackson, which is such a great physical and specific character. Can you describe what we're seeing? <laughs> I take the chalk, the erasers that I've been erasing for the whole hour and a half, and I, and I powder my hair to look like Andrew Jackson on your $20 bill. Now listen here, Chief Cry Baby. <laughs> you and your papooses can remain on this land so long as you live by our laws. So from now on, there gonna be just a few new laws just for all of y'all. So he's taken out the laws, the um, um, crazy amount of laws to disenfranchise right. the Cherokee people at that time. And then before he sent him out on the Trail of Tears. Right. So talk about this version of, of Andrew Jackson, his, his, his accent, his speaking style, how, how you came to that. Well, I, as the more research I started doing, I say I, got, I have to act it out. I can't just mention his name. Let me take the audience there. And then I started to figure out the accent. Do I do... Uh, Mitch McConnell, you know, his, his other type of uh, why, uh, why he talks, or or do I go? More... Your, your mouth got very turtley. Right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yurtle the turtle. And then and then I had a, I heard a friend of mine who's who's from the south, and his, his accent was like, oh, that's why Andrew Jackson. So uh, that, that's where I, I got sort of this one was more, you know, he's got a very southern like very drolly thing that he has, and that's what I started to do. Yeah. Well, and he and it's suitable because historically he was a kind of a wild man as a as a person. So yeah, he was a wild man. He 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 was he. I mean, he was a dastardly human being to yeah. to us people of color and and especially Native American people because you know he figured out that the way to demoralize the the tribes was to wait for the men to go on a hunt and then you just kill their babies and their their wives and then when they come back it's really easy to capture the men. So, yeah, I, he's, he's a dastardly human being in my mind. Yeah. I mean, it's a shame that Harry Tubman is not uh, taking over the 20. But thank God we only use the 20 to buy weed anyway. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> so that would be, that's a reason not to put Harriet Tubman, I guess, on the 20. But um, Maybe we wouldn't use it. <laughs> so, so, Weed's so, getting more expensive anyhow. <laughs> uh, uh, why would it be getting more expensive? Because now you have to get the, the special, oh, oh. you know, the happy one, the one that makes you think. Oh, it's, the, oh, it's, it's like buying wine. Now. Yeah, yeah, oh. yes, it is. <laughs> um, the taking the chalk on your hands and just putting it up in your hair and making your hair, like, instantly 
Jacksonian. I, was that just, oh, I, I get it. I'll do that. No, that came out of nowhere. At first, I wasn't doing it. And then all of a sudden, one day, I don't know, I dropped the chalk and it hit the floor and its cloud of, uh, of, of powder came out. I was like, oh, that could go on my hair. And I, was, I started creating this, you know, smacking myself at the chalk and, and then try to walk away from it so I don't get white lung. And, and, but I had this, this crazy white hair and it was incredible. And then it, it lasts through the end of the play as I'm de-evolving as a father trying to, you know, uh, educate my son and, and battling with him. So this is your sixth one-man show. Um, yes, it is. Talk about how this, this theatrical monologue form became so central to your <laughs> to work. To my being. Yeah. Because it's the most intimate I can be with an audience. I mean, it's the most intimate, the most personal. It becomes like a, a church in a way. I, I just find it, I connect with audiences in such a beautiful, honest, raw way. And then we have this this talk afterwards. Usually I, I, I sit with them and, and they share with me. They share with me so much, man. Um, And you started doing it. Just, at, I mean, in the 80s, I was here in the 80s, yeah. and I remember, oh, Spalding Gray, Whoopi, Eric Bogosian. Like, were you were you seeing all that as a young guy going, like, well, I want to do this? <laughs> they in- absolutely influenced me in creating my autobiographical piece. I took a little bit from everybody. Yeah. You know, uh, Eric Bogosian brought the sex and the anger, and Spalding Gray brought the personal, and... And Lily Tomlin brought the play, and then I took it I all. I love Lily Tomlin. Yes. Oh, right. you got to, you got to. And Whoopi Goldberg brought yeah. the ghetto and the poetry, and 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 just beauty, such beauty in, in in her work. And I just created my own sort of uh, autobiographical piece. So much of your work is about truth telling in these entertaining ways. In 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 your memoir, you say you go on and on about how you can't handle the truth. Like anybody tells you some like close to the bone truth thing about yourself, you just collapse. Is that re- is that true? Uh, I mean, I have a hard time with people telling me the truth. I mean, I, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't hit me. I don't, I'm not really open to it at first, but I warm up to it. You know, I, that's yeah. why I go to therapy. He helps yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He helps me deal with this so I could start accepting myself and accepting what people say about me. It must be amusing for a therapist to have a, a performer of, of your kind as a patient because like... I don't know. I'm not that you're performing for him or her, but like there'd be a little of that going. No, this yeah, I know I do voices for him. <laughs> I act out certain people in certain events, you know. I definitely wow. do that for him and and I, and I get him to laugh. He should pay you. <laughs> I wish. I mean, it's not a cheap it's not he's not cheap. Uh looking back at your early career, you were very successful very quickly. You 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 know, you were on Miami Vice regularly at 22. Yeah. yeah. You you uh were Shakespeare in the Park 23. Uh Brian De Palma movie at twenty four. I mean, that's that's a that's like holy cow. Who is this guy? So then, a couple of years later, when you say I want to do this, my first yeah theater piece, was that easy to get done? It wasn't easy to get done. No, it wasn't. Um, it was hard to find a theater that would take me or 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 that believed in me. And when Hammond believed in me enough to to get me uh, the hallway of his theater, <laughs> I wasn't even in the theater because they just didn't know. They just didn't know how many Latin people and how hungry they were to, to see themselves. And, and, he and would, that white he, people actually wanted to see Latin people. I mean, when Hanman ran, ran a, a, a... American s- Place Theater. Significant off-Broadway theater. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. very important. Where yeah. Eric Bogosian started, right. where Denzel studied, Alec Baldwin. And and then the, the theater was an important theater. You know, he did Sam Shepard plays and and then he did my play. In in your first two shows, uh, Mambo Mouth and, and Spicarama, 
you, you the 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 characters like broke off into their own little playlets with costume right, changes right, yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> and in the more recent shows, the current one, the uh, Latin History and in Freak, you just boom, 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 do them without stopping really yeah, seamlessly. Yeah. What? Why? Why? Why that? Why did that change happen in how you do all these characters? Well, the plays were written very different back then. You know, uh, I would be in one character through the whole piece, and 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 they were monologues, separate monologues. Uh, Spigramo was more like a Rashomon, people telling talking about this wedding. Same the thing. Oldest. Yeah, yeah, and from their different point of views. Uh, and then with the freak, I was like, I, I I just didn't want to do the costume. I just wanted to do the quick scenes. And then by Ghetto Clown, I was able to do. My technique had improved so well that I could have a whole scene with all these non-existent characters talking to each other. So we've got an example of that from Ghetto Clown. So in this scene, you were counting the the making of Carlito's Way, which you were in, and, and you play three characters. You play the director, Brian De Palma, and your 28-year-old self, and Al Pacino. Cause, cause, cause. What the fuck was that, John? What the fuck did you just do, you dumb fuck? But Mr. Pacino, Mr. Pacino said, I'm just trying to find my thing, you know, my thing like I had on stage, you know? Your thing, John. Um, um, your thing is not a thing. Your thing, um, is, uh, less than a thing. Okay, Dr. Seuss. Okay, can we just please ask the director and see what he thinks? Brian, Brian, you're gonna take care of me, man. Come on, I'm starting to freak out. You, you gotta help me out, man. Take it easy, guys. I gotta, I gotta, God, you're doing a terrific job. It's so dangerous, it scares me. John, John, I got it, I got it. Ow, ow, I know you're tired. And the last thing you wanna do is another take, but the kid hasn't got it right yet. One last take, I promise you. Thank you, Al, thank you. John, tear my new asshole. Okay, guys. Okay, here we go, and rolling, and speed, action, John. So you really think you just got better at that, at that seamless jumping from character to yes. character and, and, and that landing with audience. Right, and, and keeping the audience still engaged. And, they, and, and they, would t- they would tell me they saw all the characters talking to each other, that I disappeared to them, which was, uh, it was a huge compliment for me. Uh, you, you impersonate people of all ages, uh, of all genders, of all races and cultures. Um, I think back of your amazing play Freak, where you're you're introducing the the audience to this melting pot neighborhood <laughs> in New York where yeah, you Jackson grew up. Heights, yeah. uh, we have a clip of that. I want to play. And on our way to our tenement building, the young John. It was like the modern day young. Tower of Babel. All the colors of Benetton were there. <laughs> and they came running up to us. Oh, you got to try the curry candy. You got to try it. <laughs> it burn a hole in your buttocks. Very wonderful. You got to try it. You people go back to your damn country. <laughs> You multiply like roaches. Ding-a-ling-a-ling, hear them ring. Booyaka, booyaka, booyaka. This is not a library. You buy this magazine or kick your ass. So that was from Freak 21 years ago. Um, here, here you are doing uh, funny versions uh, of all these different ethnicities that people could be offended by each oh, and every now, one of yeah, them. Oh, now, yeah, now, yeah. Was that, a, was that, I mean... PC culture certainly existed in the 90s. Did you not get that pushback then? No, I, I didn't get pushback back then. I, I think because it was equally 
I was offending everybody equally, even my family, myself. <laughs> so they, it wasn't like I was targeting. It, right. was, it wasn't targeting people for or, or degrading them. It was, it was more like this is the fabric that makes our city great and this is right. what I love. I love right. these sounds. I love these voices. I love these people. But again, I, I mean, we are the, the, the tripwire of offense is very high these days. And oh, for, it is. It is definitely. I, I, I would do it very differently from a different point of view now. Well, in Latin history, for morons, you, you, there's a point where you, you portray Montezuma, Montezuma in this, as, as this very effeminate guy. Did you think like, ah, eh, that's going to make my gay friends angry? Uh, well, well, he's the leader. He, I made him an emperor. <laughs> yes. And, and historical research, and I'm not the first one to do it. I did a lot of research. And there have been uh, playwrights who've done, the, as Moctezuma and Cortez had an affair, because he, Cortez lived with Moctezuma for a year in his p- palace together. So that's that's where everybody comes across with that sort right. of... Uh, so you didn't make it up. <laughs> no, I didn't make it up. I was more like a historical yeah. uh, influence that they brought, they might have had some kind of sexual uh, conjugation. Uh, you are also currently starring in uh, Ava DuVernay's miniseries, uh, When They See Us, on Netflix. Um, you play the father of one of the... Santana, yes. Santana. Of the Central Park Five boys, who these kids from mm-hmm. Harlem, who in 1989 were wrongly... Uh, Convicted and in, imprisoned. Well, children, children were for, in for for uh, uh, this rape. Um, we have a clip. Uh, this is your character arguing with uh, one of your family members after your son has been convicted wrongly. How could a rapist be in our family? It's not they a say. Rapist. Don't say that's that. what don't they say. say. That's not, don't, don't say that. You know all this time. because you know what? He just went to the park with some friends. Okay, he just went to the park because I told him to fucking go. I said, there's too much trouble in the corner, so why don't you go to the park? He just, I sent him. I fucking sent him. He just did what I told him because he's a good boy. Come on, you know him all your life, man. He's a good kid. You would have never hurt nobody. Mm. Heartbreaking. Well done, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I did a lot of research. You know, I'm, I'm a, a very method type of actor, and I spent a lot of time with Mr. Santana and his son, Ray Santana Jr., and, and, and with the actors. And, and, I, and I got us together. And I just wanted to make sure I portrayed him correctly and his actions correctly and, and, and realistically. Right. So you do television. You still do tons of film work. But you, you just absolutely continue going back to this, this um, solo show on Broadway thing. Is that important for you because it's what you love doing best or because you have control over it in a way you just never would uh, on a movie or a TV production? No, no, because it's 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 my controlling my narrative. It's my control of Latin storytelling, right? And our and 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 Latin themes that I feel are still incredibly absent. <laughs> Even though we're almost seventy million people in this country, we're less than three percent of the faces on camera, and forget about our stories, our original stories. They just absent completely absent and it's not for lack of talent or lack of trying every time you go out there and you and you try to sell something that's a latin story it's impossible to convince studio heads to go forward into green light it's impossible really you try you, you you're at it all I've the time i've been at it since i started in this business and constantly you're told hollywood wisdom Oh, you know, Latin people don't want to see Latin people. I go, really? Who do they want to see? The Norwegians? I mean, I love them, but I want to see, I, I personally want to see Latin people. 
they tell me, you know, Latin people don't want to see uh, feel-good stories. There's a thousand reasons. <laughs> That's a curious That's rejection. That's the bizarrest thing I've ever heard. But it's impossible to sell Latin-themed stories to, to studios. It's really difficult. Uh, John Leguizamo or, or John Leguizamo. Yes, he Leguizamo. Um, thanks so much for coming. Uh, oh, thank you for having me. Just, just a pleasure. Yeah, you're awesome, man. Thanks. John Leguizamo has just started his national tour of Latin history for morons, 11 cities from now through the fall, and you can find out exactly where and when at studio360.org. Thanks for listening, and you can subscribe to Studio 360 wherever you get podcasts.